2: Welcome into the lounge presented by DraftKings. The Ravens are coming off a 23 to 10 win over the Tennessee Titans in their preseason opener at M&T Bank Stadium. Garrett and I are going to give our takeaways from that game and, and what it means moving forward. Uh, so you know, just just a good a good win. And I think for me to start off here, Garrett, you know, one of the the overarching the umbrella storylines of this game was well, the Ravens changed their their training camp kind of structure. You know, it was more execution over exhaustion. Right, less less physicality, more of an ease in process. And I think that there was there was a little, uh, you know, there are questions as to how that would affect this team early on, right? And including in the preseason, what did they look a little bit different? Not quite as sharpened up as in previous years. And you know, John Harbaugh, uh, ever the optimist, right? He's like the master at kind of when something. Uh, a, a challenge presents itself or there's a change made, set, he looks at, well, what are the positives that we're going to get out of this change, right? And sure, you know, as a coach, uh, dialing back the physicality in training camp is always kind of like a, uh, <laughs> you know, I uh, like, you know, he comes from those old two days, you know, uh, I don't know about this, but the way John Harbaugh looked at it, and of course, all the research into the injuries and all that played a huge role. But he looked at it as an opportunity, you know, on the flip side of, well, let's stress ex- execution, right? Let's, let's kind of make sure that we're doing everything at a high level uh, even though we're kind of slowing down. And and I think that that kind of showed in this preseason win, you know, when 32 Ravens were on the sideline, not playing this game, you had the backups and the backups, and the backups and the backups, and the backups, and the backups playing out there and still look pretty sharp.
3: Yeah. I definitely think they look sharp. I, I think, to your point, I mean, that question has basically been like, historically speaking, the Ravens under John Harbaugh have been excellent early in the season. They they start the season really strong. So the question right. to your point is like, is that still going to be the case? Now, of course, we still got to get to the regular season. But I think that the way that the Ravens run training camp is part of the reason they've had that early season success and why they've mm-hmm. had success in the preseason. 21 straight wins mm-hmm. in the preseason. I also think part of the reason for that preseason success is the way that the Ravens build their roster and they always have really strong depth. And I think that's part of the factor in the preseason success too. So I thought that was a good positive indication in that regard last night. I think the other big overarching storyline to me is- See
2: here, let let me cut you off real quick. See, the way you would build a roster, Garrett, we would get smoked in the preseason <laughs> because we'd have, we have zero depth the starters all your stars that you would trade the house for you know maybe resting we would have a, the worst preseason winning streak under your tenure in Ravens history we, we win a game we'd have a 21 game losing streak if it were up to you
3: I'd be like one of those uh, high school teams that only has like 23 players you know on the entire team because you I'd <laughs> use up all my salary cap on like 15 guys <laughs> but uh but but the other the other big overarching storyline to me in this game was the fact that the players who we've seen making plays in training camp carry that over into the game and and that is like I think that it's always a little discouraging to me if you see this guy go out there and he's playing really well in training camp and then all these reporters are writing him up and saying he's going to be somebody to watch and then all of a sudden he gets to the game and nothing and fans are like, what are you guys watching to practice? You're like, I swear he's making plays in practice. I swear he's making <laughs> plays in practice. That didn't happen this year. So we've all been talking about Isaiah Likely, And then he came out and showed everybody why there's so much buzz uh, about him. Shamar Bridges is somebody who kind of was a little quiet in training camp, but had a, good, a really good spring and mini camp. You know, he showed everybody – Uh, why there's been a little bit of buzz about him Travis Jones same thing so we'll go through all those guys individually but I I think at a big level it's just encouraging to see that training camp success translate into a game atmosphere
2: I absolutely agree I think that's a great point Um, so let's start it out Garrett here with who who stood out the most to you
3: well I look Isaiah likely we can start with him I, I think that I've seen enough from him to think that he's going to have a really big part in this offense once we get to the regular season, not just the preseason. I don't yeah. think he's just a preseason darling. I think that he's going to be.
2: You're ready you know, to start resting Isaiah likely throughout the rest. Of I'm the not season. ready to
3: start shutting him down, <laughs> but I'm, I, I do think that he's going to be an important piece uh, of this offense this year. I think it's going to be a little bit like Hayden Hurst in 2019. And I think this Ravens offense is at its best when you have multiple tight ends uh, who can make uh, make an impact in the passing game. Yeah, so, I think
2: it's. I think it's really big for him to transfer from the practice to the games, and and you know we all he's been so good in practice that I think we all assumed that was going to happen, right? Uh, but then to to watch it play out the way it did, that's a confidence booster for a young player who's a fourth round pick like that. To me, last night was a moment for him that says it was a launching point, you know, for Isaiah Likely. And uh, a lot of times when you have that early success as a rookie, that can just snowball, you know, Mm -hmm. and um, I I agree with you. I think, you know, John Harbaugh said it himself that he's going to have a big part in this offense this year. This also, as as a side note, is just more uh, proof of why you draft the best player available. Right. The Ravens didn't have Isaiah Likely queued up at that spot in the fourth round they had that wide receiver that the Steelers drafted I don't even remember his name anymore I'd like to look up how he's doing right uh they were going to draft a wide receiver there and then the Steelers took their guy right before them and they said all right well best player who's who's at the top of the board for us we just drafted another tight end Charlie Kohler in the fourth round but it's this dude Isaiah Likely who's a baller out of Coastal Carolina like I guess we should take him you know (laughs) And, and I think DeCosta shouted over to to uh, greg roman or harvest did you know in the draft room said can you find a spot for him can we find yeah. a role for isaiah likely he said sure tight ends to greg roman are you joking yes of <laughs> course i can right and then turns out like if the Ravens didn't have isaiah likely right now on this roster you you'd be a little bit concerned right i mean because charlie kohler underwent sports ternia surgery you need another weapon uh and and so that I think speaks to why the Ravens draft the way they do.
3: Yeah. I think it's a, I think it's a good point. I I also think that like, as, as you're looking forward to the season, I just think the Ravens are going to be running a ton, which they already do under Greg Roman, multiple tight end packages. I think, I think that's definitely going to be the case even more so because, you know, the receiving core is thin and the truth is, I think it's getting a little thinner with some of these injuries that have popped up over oh, training camp. You know, James no doubt, right. didn't play and John Harbaugh said after the game that he's got a soft tissue thing, could be a week or two. Tylen Wallace did play in the game, but he left with a knee injury, not expected to be serious. Um right. but that's that's another guy. Devin Duvernay has missed some time. He had the you know the thigh bruise. And then uh Rashad Bateman has missed not a lot of time, but a little bit of time. Here so there, also, so. you know, your, your thin receiving core that you came into training camp with is suddenly getting thinner. And so where is that going to be offset? I, I think it, it in large degree, it's going to be offset by the tight ends and Isaiah likely along with the 500 catches that Mark Andrews has this year.
2: Yeah. yeah. One last point on unlikely is it, it honestly reminded me on third down, especially of Mark Andrews where I was just like, where's, where's likely. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, he's lined up in the slot. Yeah, this this ball's going to Isaiah likely. Like watch him watch him just work this dude and make this catch and then he would. Like he he just he just has that knack for getting open uh and and not it, it's not like there's like one thing that I could put my finger on with Isaiah likely where I say, "Oh yeah, that's why he's so good." You know what I mean? Like Yeah. He he, he like runs he runs kind of like he reminds me of his like body movement reminds me of tory smith in a way like he's not as fast as tory but like he just runs in this like low kind of center of gravity these like not long strides these like short strides that i think he uses well to like move in and out of his cuts like he's just kind of a slippery dude and um and you know he's got a big body and he just catches he's just got great hands very soft hands i would probably say that is, yeah, yeah. is maybe his best attribute like he just plucks the ball Mm-hmm. And um and we saw him make contested catches in, in traffic, which he's been doing in training camp too. So, you know, I, I, it's going to be interesting. Like he and he obviously has a lot of chemistry with Lamar Jackson. That wasn't in, in, on display in the preseason game, but on third down, people they're going to find out quick. They're going to be opponents are going to be double in Mark at the start of the season. But if likely keeps burning them early in the year, it's it's going to make it tricky because yeah. he's got that same knack that Mark Andrews does.
3: Yeah, and and. You know, here on the lounge, we give you the full picture of we're talking with likely in the great game that he had, which is true, but also he knows he's got to clean up the penalties got two holding yes. calls potentially could have even gotten fired for another so needs to clean up. You know that blocking aspect of his game, which is an important piece of making that transition from Coastal Carolina, where you know he's playing out in space all the time and blocking NFL players, it was not part of the equation for him at coastal. Well,
2: so he, he he blocked at coastal, but yes, blocking in the NFL is absolutely blocking hard. the but NFL. There, there weren't a, there weren't a lot of NFL players on the other side of those blocks. Yes. And so um, that's that's yeah.
3: something he's gonna learn.
2: Oh, completely. I mean, a to that point the ravens knew that he was a receiving tight end when they drafted him like nobody thought that he was going to come in here and be a dominant blocker right like we all knew that was an area of his game that he was going to clean up and we saw that firsthand last night yeah b he's got to clean it up because if he is going to be a big part of this offense like we're talking about the the opponent can't you can't just be coming in in passing situations right or or the opponent the opposing defense knows what's going to what's going down right like he has to be at least a competent uh, slash proficient blocker. He doesn't have to be dominant, but he has to be proficient. And, you know, Mark Andrews came into this league and was not a good blocker and he has since worked his way into becoming a very good blocker, right? He's not, he's never going to be the Nick Boyle, six offensive lineman kind of guy, but like Andrews more than holds his own on the, on the edge as an inline blocker. And, and that's what, you know, that's where Isaiah likely needs to get.
3: Totally. All right, so let's keep moving along the offense and just stay with the passing game because this was, you know, the Ravens have a a handful of guys who are competing really for that fifth, maybe sixth if they end up keeping six receivers. uh, Those final roster spots and there's a bunch of undrafted guys and the one who, you know, I would say stole the show was Shamar Bridges.
2: My God. I I will. You can't say Shamar Bridges. The first time you say Shamar Bridges every time, I want you to preface it with your guy, Shamar Bridges. Well, please. I
3: will. When they threw the jump ball to him in the corner of the end zone, when the ball was in the air, I did say to the press box, your guy. Here it is. Your <laughs> That's guy.
2: Right. That's <laughs> right. Did you see John Harbaugh's reaction when he caught that ball? The big kind of fist bump, the, the, the fists in the air. What, was he, what, he, I have a feeling that he's John Harbaugh's guy too.
3: Did he turn around? Harbaugh looked up to the press box and said, "Mink."
2: He pointed to me. Yeah. We kind of both thumped our chest. <laughs> yeah
3: <laughs> look i i think um you know he he obviously had a really good game and and that is you know in that competition that was pretty wide open i think going into the preseason he took a big step it's not over and he said after the game like he was by no means was he basically uh you know looking up long-term housing in baltimore to know that he's solidified his spot on the 53 right he was very much saying like look i I just got to keep building off of this this is just more of a starting point it was great like you could feel the excitement for a guy i mean you know fort valley state uh has never played in front of that many people all of a sudden you walk out and you're and you're playing this game he's uh top 10 on sports center highlights like that is a surreal moment for a guy who i didn't even know this until last night like was not even recruited coming out of high school like, like
2: a zero star guy.
3: Yeah, a zero-star guy. I, I thought it was funny you asked him, like, how are you a zero-star guy? Like you're six foot four and,
2: <laughs> and can run.
3: Yeah, like how, how does that how do you slip through the cracks? Right. And he just said he was a late bloomer. Um yeah. and so so he ends up slipping through the cracks. Uh, but he gets his moment in the NFL and, right. and I think he's showing I, that he should stick around.
2: Yeah, I think it now it, it's up to him whether this is like we said about uh, isaiah likely is this the launching point or is this does this end up being the greatest night of his life that he looks back, back on you mm. know 20 years from now and he's like this one night at mt bank save in the preseason man i lit it up right like that's the that's the next challenge i mean he's got a great story i think his a stepdad uh and was a was a wide receiver for the ravens back in 2001 and uh was an undrafted rookie like him out of small school and uh ended up like sticking on some practice squads and kind of bouncing around and stuff like that and like now Shamar is just going on the basically the exact same path and looking to write a better story and um you know he's just kind of living that out himself and and uh you know his stepdad was in the stadium last night so just a, a really cool story um and I think fans are gonna they're gonna learn a lot more about Shamar Bridges here in the coming days and weeks um but I like the kid, man. Like I've said all along, Hey, the Ravens definitely wanted a big body wide receiver. They released miles Boykin. That is a, a, a type of receiver that they don't have right now on the roster. And so they'd like to diversify what they have. And so they clearly went out shopping for big guys uh, in undrafted rookie free agency. Uh, Shamar Bridges even said that, that when they were recruiting him, like, it was like, yeah, we want a big dude. And you're it, right? And like, uh, and so they they, they want somebody big. He's six foot four, the biggest, tallest wide receiver on the roster, and and he can run. Like, and John Harwell even mentioned it after the game last night. He said he's been posting good speeds in practice. So like, they're monitoring the athleticism of these guys and their traits. And the thing about Shamar, and I told the, him this in the locker room, is like, I also beyond the time of how fast he's running I like the way the way that he runs like the dude is just like a, an aggressive runner like he like stomps down the, the field right it's just it's it's hard to describe but it's it's almost like watching a lion run versus a gazelle <laughs> run you know what I mean like a gazelle you're like I'll knock – if I get a piece of that gazelle, I'm knocking it off its feet. Shamar Bridges, like, stalks. Like, he is, like, a big dude who runs with aggressiveness. And I think that he could be a good yards-after-catch guy. You know, I mean, now he's going to win a lot of contested catches, but, like, that dude can break some tackles and move. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I've made it abundantly clear I'm a fan. But he, he's not the only guy. Makai Polk also had a good night for the Ravens. Uh, He led them in catches. And so it it was a strong night, six for 43 from Makai Polk and some, some nifty grabs. Um, So it's, it's certainly not done by any means uh, for that fifth wide receiver spot. It it really, another guy we should talk about is Tylen Wallace. Like, you know, Tylan has not been standing out, particularly in training camp practices. Uh, We've all kind of assumed, yeah, he's the fourth guy in that, you know, when you're doing the wide receiver breakdown, it's like, all right, well, you have the top three, you know, Bateman, DuVernay, Perche, and then you have Tyler Wallace, like a lock. You know, I think Tyler Wallace needs to now get healthy and like needs to practice pretty well. And the preseason was, I think, important for him to kind of show that. I, I, I think he would still be on the 53-man roster. I'd have a hard time seeing him not be. But I'm just saying, the more these other guys keep pushing and whatnot, I'm not going to sit here and say it's an automatic. Right. I mean, I think. I would be
3: surprised if he ends up I, I know you are saying you would be too, if he ends up not being on the 53. I, yes. I feel like I, I think that he still is, but you certainly hope that the the knee issue that came up last night doesn't linger, you know, that it's it's pretty quick bounce back from that. Yep. And because those those young receivers are hungry. Um, and you know, like we didn't even see Slade Bolden last night. All right. Uh, well, and,
2: and if the Ravens added a veteran, that changes the calculus completely.
3: Yeah, I think, you know, we've, got, we've gotten the, the question of do the Ravens add a veteran receiver 100 times since they traded Hollywood Brown. And I've said all along that I think that they could add a veteran receiver. I feel like they probably will. I just think that, like, at this point, I know it's the middle of training camp and the season is now less than a month away, but you're getting thin there. And
2: the funny thing is, like, we're sitting here talking about how good you know, Shamar Bridges and Makai Polk look and all that stuff, which is like, well, then maybe you have good enough depth, but at the same time, while we're gassing them up, like, do you want to go into the season relying on those guys as like significant contributors? I don't know. Well, I mean, mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. And like, let's you know, just for
3: discussion's sake, you know, Prochet and Town Wallace right now are dealing with things so you, you could go if the season were to start today you're, you're really looking at, at like who's going to be your third receiver is it Shamar Bridges right, like, right. So, so if you go and get a veteran player who's out there on the market you know speculation about a Will Fuller could he be somebody who could come in and step into that role mm-hmm. maybe so I it would not surprise me if the Ravens did add a veteran receiver still um, all right, so a couple other points. Offensive line, we saw a lot of Tyree Phillips. He plays the whole game, moved all over the place. Um, I thought it was a pretty solid game for Tyree Phillips, which is encouraging to see because, you know, Ben Powers has taken the lead in that left guard competition. But I don't know. Ty- Tyree Phillips, I've always liked his, and the Ravens have too, his athleticism. He's a high-ceiling player who was kind of a late bloomer. And he showed some – some moments last night that kind of remind you like all right this is why i think this guy is you know a a a really good option if he can stay on the field and be consistent like there was one play where he was out pulling um when you get him out in space like that's a lot coming down at you you know 320 some pounds and and he who can move
0: and
2: he also pulled to seal off the edge on that mike davis four-yard touchdown yes yes he sealed off that edge
0: okay
2: So I, I I thought it was a, it was a, it was a good game for Tyree Phillips. I would agree with that. Yeah. And, you know, interesting to see Ben powers taking some center snaps uh, in the second half of that game, just as another, you know, looking at that as an option for him. Um, And so I I, I think Tyree Phillips is very much alive in the left guard competition. I will say that Uh, another player that played basically the whole game, Daniel, Ba'alele. yeah got a lot of snaps 63 snaps last night uh and and you just got to give the guy credit for just a being out there first of all because he was struggling to get through a practice during otas and minicamp and now he's playing basically the whole game that's that speaks to the shape that he got himself in between minicamp and training camp and has continued to get himself in and he's you know i i didn't notice anything glaring you know, in in terms of negatives. Um, So props to him. Uh, And, you know, I thought Ben Cleveland had a, had a pretty decent night as well uh, for a guy who kind of started off on the wrong foot in training camp, Uh, you know, to see him kind of bounce back a little bit and play some solid guard was, was good thing to see.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you on that. So then on the other side of the ball, defensive line, Travis Jones, I thought,
2: but continue we, one, guy, one other guy one other guy we should give a shout out to on the offensive side well and i want to talk about running back okay,
3: okay one okay. other guy
2: tyler huntley played a pretty darn good game oh uh, yeah, yeah 16 of 18 16 of 18 now, i know like huntley's not a storyline because he's he's the backup he's not yeah. and he's everybody knows he's a high level backup but there was a little bit of a little bit of a storyline there because he's coming off the shoulder tendonitis you know and he came out there and 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 played really well you know there's people again talking about Oh, could the Ravens trade Tyler Huntley because he's playing so well to that? I would say it would take a mighty good offer because, you know, you got to have a good number two in this league. We saw it last season, obviously. And Tyler Huntley is a commodity. And so, you know, teams call Eric Costa with with some some sweet offers that maybe they would listen. I don't know. But like I'm just saying, I'm not when I see Tyler Huntley play well, I'm not like get him out of here. <laughs> yeah, you know, like I mean, let's keep them.
3: <laughs> I, it's not, this is a much different situation. Like we had this conversation past preseasons when the Ravens had RG three and Trace McSorley and Tyler right. Huntley. It was like, oh, do they trade? Do they trade RG three? Do they trade one of those guys? It's like, okay, that that made sense when you had other players who you felt really good about potentially stepping in. Like mm-hmm. Trace McSorley is no longer here. Obviously, RG three is no longer here. You trade Tyler Huntley, and you're going with Anthony Brown or Brent Huntley, and. Right you we saw last year how important a number two quarterback is i'm not interested in trading tyler huntley i mean i'm just not unless unless it's a a really good offer that comes the ravens way but no, i think he's too important of a player you know to to try to move for something that would not blow you away
2: I, I agree and then quickly on the running backs that was a, a position group that a, a lot of eyes on that you know because it's really going to be decided in the preseason and the the stats don't show it, but I thought Justice Hill had the best night of the group. Looked really explosive getting to the outside. Uh, A couple holding penalties brought back his best runs, but the dude is rolling.
3: Yeah, I I like, I mean, I've been saying for a while now, I I think Justice Hill's been having a great training camp. And the, like, yes, it doesn't count on the stat sheet, but the coaches saw it, the tape saw it. You know, they saw, like, the burst, the the holding the holding penalty doesn't change the speed that we saw from him on those runs.
2: Yeah. And he looked, he was running hard too. Like one other run that just stood out to me with him was um, it was just a, a run to off the left side and there was nothing there. And I saw justice Hill just kind of lower the shoulder pads and just to get his stick, his foot in the ground and get one yard. He just plunged forward, just stuck it and just, all right, I'm going to take what what I can get. And like I just thought in my head I was like coaches like that. Right? Yeah. He's not a big body dude. He's known for his speed, but like he needs to be able to do run between the tackles a little bit and and show some physicality. That's what it takes to be a running back in the NFL. And like to me even just that play I was like, "All right, Justice Hill, you know? Yeah,
3: yeah look, if I know we're going to do our 53 man, and also if you uh if you want to go ahead and make your submissions for your 53 man, uh play our you pick the team contest. It's you know, a lot of people do that. It's a lot of fun. So you have your chance to beat Mink, which everybody always does. But
2: (laughs) get them in early you got to get them in early too. Yeah, that's the way that thing works. If there's injury, it's tricky. It's a tricky, tricky situation.
3: Yeah. The way it works, like if there's ties, you know, if two people have 52 guys, well then you take the one that that submitted it early. And so
2: um whoever submitted it first.
3: Yes. So um Anyway, right now, I'm putting Justice Hill on the fifty-three. Like it's to me the it's J.K. It's Mike Davis and Justice Hill. They're three now. Then it becomes. Well,
2: you're cutting a rookie if you're draft pick. Well, baby. no,
3: then then it comes down to the four. Then it comes down to the fourth spot. Um, if you're assuming you're keeping four running backs, and I right, would that's pub,
2: the, that's the thing. Like right. I have to. I I feel like maybe maybe Gus starts on pop, right? That's yeah a possibility so that would open up a roster spot at least until he's activated and back. So maybe that's your fourth running back, but do you have the, do you have the luxury of keeping four running backs? Also? I think you
3: might have to, I think you might have to keep four running backs because you
2: might just cause, cause JK, JK Dobbins, like, Dobbins situation.
3: You're not going to like, even if he's a, ready to go for week one, right. There's going to be, there's going to be a pitch count on him. So right. I, I think that you probably have to keep four running backs and, but if you, if you were keeping three right now, I, I would put Justice Hill on there with Mike Davis and but JK Justice
2: Hill plays good special teams too.
3: Yeah, I, I would like, he's shown enough to me now. I would agree with that. I, I know you said on the last podcast, I always screw up the running back situation. So this is the year I'm going to try to avoid doing that.
2: You but, might, you might have a beat on this one.
3: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's flip it over to the defensive side. I, I started to mention Travis Jones. Uh, the guy has played well all summer and he got a sack uh where he showed off his athleticism had to you know chase down the quarterback and you know he just continues to be kind of a, a wrecking ball in the middle of that defense and have some good pass rush ability like I think he's going to be a as a third round pick I think he's going to be one of those guys like man how did he the, Raven, the Ravens did a great job scouting this guy out of UConn who didn't win a game and you know all that like that I just really like Travis Jones.
2: Yeah, I agree. I, I thought that it was a very strong night for him. And again, in the, you know, mold or the storyline here of players who have done well in practice, transferring it to games, really good to see from him. They, uh, Malik uh, Willis is a shifty dude. I thought yeah. I thought Malik Willis looked pretty darn good out there. Uh, and for, for a big man of Travis Jones's size to wrap him up uh, near the sideline for a sack, says something about Travis Jones.
3: Mm-hmm. Totally. I mean, we saw it on the play, you know, that the Ravens was like to have back when Malik Willis, you know, snuck away from Kyle Hamilton in the backfield right. and then, and then put on a juke move in the secondary and ends up scoring a touchdown, you know, about 12 yard touchdown, you know, that kind of showed you Malik, I think. seven. Yeah. So, 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 that, that one kind of showed you uh, his ability to evade defenders you know he he make he he juked out kyle hamilton but travis jones on another play was able to chase him down so that that's that should is start,
2: should we start setting travis jones off the edge edge blitzer <laughs> travis jones
3: hey he can play his face the big man can play in space
2: <laughs> yeah i mean uh you know since you bring up kyle hamilton i thought you know it was an up and down night for him i i thought mostly up you know i mean jumping on that fumble the way he was moving around the field, just covering ground. I mean, you certainly saw the traits there, but even though he's the 14th overall pick and and even though there's a lot of excitement about him and he's a draft steal and all this stuff, I've said it to you. I've said it a bunch of times playing safety in, at the NFL, in the NFL is a tough jump to make. Like there is a lot of thinking, a lot of scheme, a lot of diagnosis, a lot of communication. There's just a lot that goes into that position, like more than some other spots on the defensive line, like no shade to Travis Jones the defensive lineman, but I guarantee you that there's more on the plate of Kyle Hamilton, especially when he's learning like 10 different roles in this defense, mm-hmm. right. To be the versatile player that his athleticism certainly lends him to be. Right. And so, um, I just think we have to be a little bit patient with Kyle Hamilton, not expect perfection right out of the gate because it wasn't perfect. You know, I mean, he, he blitz off the edge, missed that. You got, that's a, you can't miss that tackle, right? You can't, you can't let him escape like that. It's just not a good play. And, you know, he's not uh, an experienced blitzer. He didn't have a single sack in college. He's looking for his first career sack in the NFL. So he'll learn from that. Um, You know, like I said, Malik Harris is going to make a lot, lot of people missing this league so Kyle Hamilton ain't gonna be the last uh, look I think I think on that play Hamilton yeah. yeah
3: look I think on that play he just he got wide-eyed he saw yep. he saw the blindside sack on Malik Willis and yep. he was like let's go here we go this is gonna be that sack this is the big hit and yep. Malik Willis is a shifty guy like he's a good player um who yep. has who can make plays with his legs and that's what he did on that play and sometimes like you know, you're, you're thinking you can, you're, you're eyeing up that sack and you just don't think that the quarterback's going to have that type of ability to evade the rush. And he did. And so, you know, that was kind of it. That was an eagerness play. I think from Kyle Hamilton, I will say there was a play. I think it was earlier on that series. He was playing, he was playing the deep safety spot and Malik Willis got out in some space. And, man, Hamilton closed ground in a hurry. And I was like, yep. that is what makes this guy such a, a, a weapon on this defense. Like, he just covered a ton of ground. Yep. He, he, big strides, just, you know, picking up five yards, it seemed like every stride.
2: You talk about Isaiah Lakeley not ha- being a long strider. Yeah, Kyle Hamilton is 100% a long strider.
3: Yeah. Dude
2: and he eats up ground.
3: He eats up ground in a hurry. And he was on Malik Willis uh, on that play in no time. So yeah, I thought it was good. And then obviously he, he jumped on the fumble, which is great. You know, you want to be around the ball. So yep. I thought it was, a, I thought it was a strong debut for him.
2: Yeah. I thought it was good. Uh, You know, he overran another tackle on the long run that uh, there was a couple missed tackles on that one. He actually did, I think, get his arm on him. He overran it and then had to kind of lunge back and he slowed him up a little bit, but I, I think, you know, and he said it in his post game interview with Evan Watchburn that like he was amped up you know, I think that there was a little over eagerness at times, uh, but he's, he's going to learn from all this. And, you know, to me, and I, I wrote this in my breakdown is like Marcus Williams and Chuck Clark were given the night off. We know who the starters are at this point. And that's not to say that Kyle Hamilton can't work his way into that or, or whatever, but like, we know who the starters are. And so I don't think, Kyle Hamilton kind of has, you know, time to develop a little bit and st- he's still going to play a big role. Trust that. Big trust. Uh, but like, <laughs> we don't have to sit here and like expect him to be the week one starter like Tyler Littlebaum. Right. Right.
3: That's interesting. Yeah. I, I guess I hadn't really thought about that. I, I don't know. I, if he, he may not be the week one starter in safety. I mean, Chuck Lark has been taking those, those first team reps there. Um, and obviously Marcus Williams is going to be, I, I would agree that it it seems like it's going to be Chuck, but it's, you know, so what, what, what would the expectation be for the percentage of snaps that Kyle Hamilton plays week one, in your mind, 60, 70, 50, 40, five, hundred. Might be, might
2: be, <laughs> <laughs> well, will will be hundred. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I could see 50. Okay. I could see, I, I would say it'd be between 40 and 60.
3: Okay. All right. We'll go 50 right there. Smack dab in the middle.
2: Yeah. All right. So uh,
3: another player in the, on the back end of this defense who played a hundred percent of the snaps, right. Uh, or close to it was Pepe Williams.
2: Oh yeah.
3: And we talked about him before the game and I I'll give sh- you, I'll give you on Pepe. I'll
2: give you the, our guy, Pepe Williams. <laughs> yeah. Even though I think I was on him before the pod, once we interviewed him on the pod, on, then you were all aboard.
3: Yeah, everybody, everyone, if you haven't listened to that interview, I'm telling you, go back and listen to it and everybody's going to be saying our guy, Pepe yeah. Williams. And he told us in that interview and in the conversations we had just before it started, like, I can't wait for the preseason. And he looked yeah. like it. Like, he looked like a guy who was just fired up to be playing football. And I said to you during the game, like, if he's coming out of this game, one of the coaches is just going to have to hide his helmet because I don't think he, he wanted to play every snack. And he was so fired up about playing the preseason. He played corner. He played safety. And like, yes, he's an undersized guy, but he does not shy away from contact. He will run up there and make a hit. He did that on a play that a running back caught over the middle and, and stuck him. Like, I just love the way the guy plays. Now, he did uh, let a pick six basically go through his hands, which I'm sure he's still mad about this morning. But he had an opportunity, but he was in the right spot. He uh, Just got to make that catch. I think, you know, that was early in the game. and he was probably just a little too fired up talking about over eager. So yeah. I, I liked what I saw from him. I, I think that he continues to be someone that like, I think he's going to, he's going to, he's going to play important snaps this year. Now the Ravens have a loaded secondary and they have a lot of talent there, but I think there's going to be, there's going to be times this year where Pepe Williams will be counted on in big situations. And I think that he's, you know, he's somebody who could rise to that occasion.
2: Well, you know, you start out in the slot and, and breaking on that pass, the one that you dropped, the interception that you dropped. That was a nice break. Read that route, uh, broke on it very quickly. You know, that's what he offers in the slot. And and the versatility of safety, you know, is is awesome too. I mean, he was also returning punts, you know, yeah. like so yeah. he doing a little bit of everything out there. Um, and so I agree with you. I mean, especially, you know, who who's gonna who's gonna be the slot corner? Is it gonna be Marlon Humphrey? for a lot of the season very well could be, but, you know, we haven't seen a ton of, of uh, Brandon Stevens playing in the slot. Um, Mm -hmm. Now he certainly could, you know, match up against some bigger guys there as a physical corner. Um, But, you know, Pepe, I think is in the mix certainly for, for some of those slot snaps.
3: Yeah. Well, the secondary is interesting because you've got some guys who are banged up right now. Brandon Stevens has missed some time. Marcus Peters has yet to take the field. Uh, Jalen Armor Davis, who is having a strong camp. And then all of a sudden he's missed a few practices, did not play in the game. So you're looking at the secondary and, it, and practices, and it it's like, oh man, that all of a sudden, you know, it's like this this super deep secondary, which is always what happens. It feels like you start to have guys miss some time in the secondary, and then it's like, oh man, is, is it kind of thin? It's mm-hmm. it's not thin because I think that like they're being cautious with these guys, is which is what you do at this time of the year. Right. But there could be an opportunity for for Pepe to play himself into some significant snaps. Um, yep. and I thought that like his versatility is is a valued asset there. Yep. Ability to go in the slot, can drop back at safety. The Ravens got a million safeties. So that I don't think they would need him to do that very often, but he can. We should also mention Gino Stone, who had an interception. Yep. He, you know, safety is the deepest spot on this team, but Gino Stone, like he's one of those guys that just makes you say like, can we cut him? Can you, can you not have him on the team? Like, I I feel like he just makes enough plays and he's always in the right spot. And he's done this in the preseason where he comes up with catches. And you're just like,
2: I think, I think they're keeping five safeties is what I think.
3: And he he plays special teams. You're just like, yeah,
2: you talked about step being and Tony Jefferson, when we, when we had him on, I asked him, you know, could you step into that Anthony Levine role, the co-cap role as a special teams leader? And he was like, it, you know yeah yeah you know G- Gino Stone's kind of you know he's kind of uh, on that job too you know like he, <laughs> Tony kind of was like nah that's not gonna be me that's gonna be Gino right and G- and Gino said it you know last night when I asked him he mentioned Levine and how much he's learning from him and, and I just flat out asked you know flat out asked him is that the job you're looking to get and he said yeah and so um that is an important job to me like that is a you know, red alarms go off. Gino Stone's on team. You know mm-hmm. what I
3: mean? Yeah. We all yeah. know how,
2: how much John Harbaugh and, and the Ravens value special teams players and a leader like that who's also playing well and, it, and just has proven it in games that he can be a, a good player on defense too. Like to me, Gino Stone's on team.
3: Yeah. I i would agree with that. He, I mean, he's making enough plays that makes you say that he's going to earn it. So, um,
2: yeah. Uh, real quick. Just a couple other couple shout-outs. I thought Josh Ross, the undrafted rookie linebacker out of Michigan, uh, looked pretty good. Uh, played 15 snaps on special teams, got his hand on that pass that led to the Geno Stone interception. Uh, Ross has looked good in pass coverage and practice. Yeah, he's one guy during one-on-ones, which that is a tough assignment for linebackers covering running backs. You line up uh, – what's his name? Just Hill one-on-one in space against a linebacker with no nobody else around it's almost impossible task josh ross has played pretty well in those uh, and those situations in practice and we saw some of that in the game Mm -hmm. um i thought he he looked good i think Stephen means the veteran came off the edge had got a sack he he looked good in terms of adding another rusher i thought those are two guys that stood out
3: all right before we before we give our final thoughts and wrap this up you got to say hello to our friends at DraftKings.
2: Oh, that's true. That's true. You can't
3: forget our friends at DraftKings here. We're getting into that time of year where fantasy football is right around the corner. So don't forget our guys.
0: Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun, such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for The Everyday Guy.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Garrett, as well as anybody, the sports landscape is ever-changing, and this week is no different. I mean, DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports. They still have daily fantasy contests running for those looking to have skin in the game. So it's simple. Each player has a salary associated with drafting them. You assemble a lineup of players while staying under the salary cap, and then you sit back and watch your points pile up. It's so simple, Garrett, that even you could play. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app. And uh, now, and sign up using code FLOCK. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit using code FLOCK. Nice. So, all right. Yeah. Go to uh, my- DraftKings.com. There you go, Garrett. Yeah. Make yeah. It super easy for you.
3: Thank you. I appreciate it. Easy to sign up. Easy to play. Yeah. So, um, you know, just kind of closing thoughts for me. Um, I think this week is going to be. The uh, Ravens have today off. They're back on the practice field on Saturday. First thing I'll be looking at on Saturday is who's out there. And um,
2: Sunday,
3: yeah, they're out there Saturday, Saturday and Sunday. They're out there all week. Wait, wait,
2: first, first thing you're going to be looking at, you won't be out there on Saturday. Oh, oh on. yeah, I'm always,
3: I'm ready to go. No, you're going to send Cassie I'm for, on I'm, the I'm weekend. I'm first one out there, first one out, no, last to leave. You
2: will not be out there this weekend. Hundred bucks.
3: First, first out there, last to leave. No, the first <laughs> thing you're looking at is is who is out there. To be honest, yeah. because when you come off of a preseason game and you have a couple guys get banged up sometimes you know players come in the next day and they say hey this is bothering me or whatever so it's a little bit more you know like I I just want to see who's healthy where things stand also do any of the players who are coming back from injury get back on the field I, I would think you know John Harbaugh did an interview with Sirius Radio last week and he talked about some of the vets who were coming back from injury Marcus Peters Ronnie Stanley Tyus Bowser you know those guys and basically made the point that if they're going to play week 1, you probably want to get 2 to 3 weeks of practice in with them uh, before that point. You know, naturally you kind of look at the we're, calendar, the Ravens go out what well, yeah, you're a month out, the Ravens go to Arizona at the back end of this week and they get a couple of days out there before playing the Cardinals in the preseason. So, you know, my mind says those guys could probably get back after that trip. You know, that's kind of the right. natural one you, you would think. But,
2: i will give them 3 weeks.
3: But do any of them return this week? So that, you know, I'm not ruling that out either. So I'll be, I'll be keeping an eye on that. Um, And then of course the players who have been dealing with, you know, minor things over the course of camp, you want to see if they're out there. So that's kind of the first thing, you know, that I, that I'm going to be paying close attention to
2: JK Dobbins. I had him on that list. That's somebody to watch this week in terms of, you know, does he start to look a little bit better than he did, you know, in those first couple of days that he got out, John Harbaugh, in that interview said the first one, two weeks for JK Dobbins are going to tell, tell the story uh, as to, you know, where his knee is at and and how ready he is for how big a role. And uh, so that'll be, he'll be another player. Certainly that I'll be watching closely.
3: Awesome. All right, well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, we will continue to bring content to you over the course of the entire preseason and training camp, so make sure that you are subscribed to The Lounge. Go ahead and leave us a rating if you haven't done so already. Ooh. If it's going to be a five-star rating. Only if it's going to be a five-star rating. If it's not, oh, sure. then then you can leave your rating to yourself.
2: You can take your one-star rating to other podcasts.
3: Yeah, exactly. Uh, but thank you so much for listening. We'll talk with you again soon.
0: It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.
1: Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it.